This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool are still winless in the Premier League this season after Crystal Palace hold them to a one-all draw as Darwin Nunes loses his head and then uses his head in a stupid, mindless sending off. Welcome along everyone to the post-game podcast after Liverpool made their long-awaited return to Anfield, but it was certainly not a classic night under the lights of the cop. The Reds absolutely dominated the first half until a freak breakaway from Palace saw Wilfred Zaha played through one-on-one who made no mistake and slotted past Alisson Becker. Liverpool's frustration grew even stronger, perhaps none more so than new signing Darwin Nunes who whilst making his Anfield debut made it one to forget rather than remember as he reacted to the teasing of Wacky Anderson and headbutted the Danish centre-half. In the short term, Klopp will be infuriated that Nunes was now suspended for the trip to Manchester United and the home games against Bournemouth and Newcastle United at a time when Diogo Jota is out and Roberto Firmino is seemingly misfiring. The bigger picture, however, will be more concerning. The Reds missing out on precious time to continue integrating the Uruguayan into a new look attack that on evidence in front of a grumbling Anfield crowd remains very much a work in progress. But anyway, that's enough of my voice. Let's bring you the reaction you're all craving. Up first, we have the dynamic echo duo of Ian Doyle and Paul Gorst, followed by Jurgen Klopp's reaction in his press conference, and of course, the thoughts of the Anfield faithful. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Well, here we are at Anfield, having just watched Liverpool draw 1-1 with Crystal Palace, Paul. It was a very strange game, eventful, and of course, the big talking point, which we may as well come to it straight away, red card for Darwin Nunes. Yep, the um, the first sending off for violent conduct of the Jurgen Klopp era. Um, Liverpool kind of pride themselves on the unfinishing top of the uh, the fair play table, and thinking Andy Robertson and Tottenham last season. I can't remember too many other red cards over the last few years, but um, it was no no doubt that he deserved it. Tried to headbutt Joachim Anderson. Well, he actually did headbutt Joachim Anderson. Tried it a few times before he finally landed one on him and couldn't have any complaints. And bit of a disgraced way to you know, mark your Premier League debut really. He didn't even last an hour, did he? And um I think Jamie Carragher said that on, on Monday Night Football if he if he stayed on Liverpool probably go on to win that game because as soon as Diaz equalises the you know the crowds up Liverpool are creating chances but just didn't have the extra man that could have made all the difference, especially when they were swinging in crosses at the end. So um yeah, I mean Klopp said, you know, he accepts it was red and um you know he's probably let the team down. He's going to be suspended for three games, possibly four if, if it gets looked at by the, the FA or the Premier League. Um, so not as fine as tonight, I'm sure he'll have better nights. Um, but other than that, I've got to say, do you feel it was born a little bit of frustration for him? Yeah. Because he had, a, he had a good chance in the first half, which he volleyed over. Then just on the stroke of half-time, he hit the post when I think he got, actually got tackled, didn't he? Or it certainly hit mm. against him. And then just before he'd actually he was sent off, he had that opportunity work. I think it was Salary who played him in, I think. Yeah. And he had the... Uh, the shot which he kind of missed it and Joel Ward came over and the ball hit his kind of his side and his arm but it was never going to be a penalty and rather than just try and get the rebound he, he appealed for the spot yeah. kick didn't he he yeah. was kind of in a bit of a mood by that point and you could kind of tell things were you know the desperations as it mm. received and you know I'm, I've seen this kind of thing before I think Joe Cole was sent off over there against Arsenal when he made his, his home Premier League debut for Liverpool and his, his career didn't Going to be particularly good for Liverpool, so Nunes will, will you think wouldn't be hoping he doesn't go down that down that particular down that particular road. But as you say, he's going to be missing for a, at least the next three games. 
it's not great. Look, they've even turned the lights off on us now. Um, <laughs> the lights out for, for Nunes, lights at out least for, for the remainder yeah. of the month. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be three games, isn't it? We know that could easily be four. So that's, you know, United, Newcastle, Bournemouth, and then whoever's after that, I can't quite think off the top of my head. So, it's Everton, actually. Is it? Yeah, it is, yeah, September yes. 3rd, yeah, so that, you know, that's massive, isn't it? Particularly at the time when Roberto Firmino's carrying an injury. Diogo Jota's not had a pre-season, he's, he's you know, still got the hamstring injury that he kind of aggravated in Thailand, wasn't it, after picking up with Portugal. So it's come at a, you know, a terrible time for, for Klopp. Um, you look at the bench tonight and you've got Stefan Bacetti, who's 17, Bobby Clark, 17, 18, Fabio Carvalho, obviously high hopes for him, but another teenager and the most kind of attacking option off the bench was Naby Keita who didn't even get on because he hasn't trained too much so um, you look at the Liverpool squad now and all of a sudden it's you know, what, what was it we get tonight for the Divock Origi on the bench at Takumina Minamino I know it's easy to say but well, you say that but Carvalho almost won the game at the end with a volley didn't he and he's, he came on and made a t- slight bit of difference I mean one of the positives was Harvey Elliott I thought I thought he had a very yeah. good game yeah. you know he came off the bench at Fulham helped Liverpool you know get a point and although, although he did go off he, he, with about was it 10 minutes to go I think when Carvalho mm. came on for him he, he got a little bit tired you've got to bear in mind it's only your second Premier League start since uh, since he came back from his injury well exactly and, and you mentioned Carvalho there and I, he, he did well when he came on but he's, he's only a young lad isn't he Liverpool shouldn't be needing him to come on and pull him out the fire when they pretty much need a win um, given last week's result of Fulham and you know I, I think there's a lot to be said for the players who were on the pitch for the full game they had lo- loads of battling qualities and you wouldn't have thought that Liverpool had a man less for the last half an hour of that game because they, they dug in and really went for Palace and maybe unlucky not to get a win they didn't really create massive chances but he was certainly on the front foot for most of the game, but you know, looking at the wider picture, the injury concerns, the fact that Nunes is going to be missing until early September now, when he's still trying to get up to speed with the pace of the English game. I just, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was reluctant to just throw out the do some transfers line, but you look around and you think Liverpool might might actually have to now between now and the end of the, the month because. Um, well, there's a centre back situation for a start. Yeah, Canati's uh, out for a while. Yeah, Matip's going to be out for at least uh, yeah, Klopp's it afterwards. At least two week, mm. two weeks. Gomez, it turned out, got a knock at the start of last week, and that's why he only. I thought he did quite well actually when he came on. I mean, it was tough for Nat Phillips. He started quite well, but then the longer the game went on, the more he looked like a player who hadn't played in the Premier League for 15 months and probably wasn't yeah. expecting to be playing for Liverpool ever again and was mm. thrown in. So you can't point the finger too much at him. But uh, yeah, there's there's not many defensive options there. But you'd like to think that Matic won't last, you know, out for too long. And then there's the midfielders where we said they missed Thiago. He's going to be out for what, five, six weeks. Oxley Chamberlain wasn't there. He'd have made a difference. Curtis Jones mm. would have with a bit of energy. Jordan Henderson wasn't fit enough to start the game. He's another one who I thought did yeah. quite well when he came on. So suddenly it's like, hang on, there's about ten players out. Yeah, exactly. You know, leaks are springing up left and right for Klopp, aren't he? And he, he thinks he, he sorted his, his defence and then midfield. One or two injuries there, and then you know the, the attack options seem like they're getting you know depleted left and right. So I mean there are problems all over the pitch at the moment, and um, it's a concern. Um, I think not just for the short term because you know already City have four points clear of Liverpool, and you know two games in it's, it sounds. Like hyperbole that we're already talking in these tones, but given no, the margins, 14, they were 14 points behind in January. You only lost yeah, by one. Yeah, no, that's so. true. But, but just given the margins that we, that we know separate these two teams, you can't afford to be giving City massive um, points tallies early on. Um, perhaps the good news is the um, the visit to United who are um, 
some way uh, worse than Liverpool at the moment, shall we say? Well, the problem Liverpool got there then is that the one player who would have made a big difference against United has now got himself sent off because you know United yeah. have got a two foot tall centre back <laughs> and Liverpool would have had Darwin Nunes there. And you can tell from the way they were playing in the first half, they were whipping the crosses in. It was quite clearly a different way of playing. And it was quite funny that when he went off, that's when Liverpool started to click with, as you mentioned, the 10 men. And Diaz, who hadn't really done a lot the first half, he, he came in a bit more centrally. Mm. And obviously he got a cracking goal. Salah went up front. I thought Salah did OK throughout the game again. He could have got one towards towards the end. So it's like Liverpool are missing a trick, as you said, long in the short term of him not being there. Because it's three, possibly four games where Nunes could be playing and Liverpool be get, could be getting used to him. Because there's yeah. absolutely no point in the training overly with him over the next couple of weeks because he's not going to be playing anyway. Yeah, and already, you know, it's, you don't get up to speed in the Premier League in, in five minutes, do you? So, you know, he's put his adaptation period back by a month there, just just by tonight. So, um, yeah, it's difficult. But I thought Lewis Diaz took his goal really well. Klopp said on Friday he's looking for him to kind of turn those chances into goals a little bit more readily than just, you know, hit the post or keep his made a good save or it's just gone wide. So, um, that'll be a, a massive boost for him, I think. I thought he was proper iffy before that though. He wasn't mm. great. He wasn't great first half. I mean, he wasn't the only one. I mean, who else caught the eye for Liverpool then, do you think? Because you can't just say it was a poor performance. As you said, they spent half an hour with down to 10 men and that's when they looked more likely to actually get something. I mean, you could argue that Palace missed a trick, didn't they? I don't know, really. Um, I couldn't really pick one outstanding candidate. I don't think anyone was... Keeper did well, I thought, because he made a good save. Yeah, yeah. I do... he always plays well, doesn't he, Alisson, when he's called upon. But... Um, I mean, you did the ratings, who was your man of the match? I gave it to Elliot. Elliot, mm. then Salah, and then a couple of the subs, say Henderson, uh, did well when he came on. So. Yeah, but uh, much work to do, I think. Indeed. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Evening, everyone. Thank you for waiting. Um, you want to kick us off? Sam? Hello, um, what did you feel about the red card of season in your TV comments? Was it just a moment of madness? Was it provoked? Provocation, yeah, and definitely wrong reaction. Clear. Red card. I cannot deny that. Um, yeah. Uh, he will learn of that. Unfortunately, he has now a few games' time to do so. That's not cool for us in our specific situation. Even less, but that's how it is. It's the first player of your, of, of your time at Liverpool to be sent off for violent conduct. I mean, is that is that's quite a record? It must be always the first time. Huh? It does make it better? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, overall performance. Really good, really good. Told the boys after the game, I'm proud, and I am. It's what I feel. Um, a lot of things happened during the week, and then the game started like it started. We loved it. That was the game we wanted to play. Of course, we wanted to finish the situations off, but I think we did extremely well. And then in the box, they, with a lot of legs and bodies, they blocked, I'm not sure, seven, eight shots in the first half already. That's a special number. So we were obviously on the right path. And if we carry on like this, then it was a matter of time. But um, unfortunately, then they scored a one-nil, which. I think it was the first counter-attack, was it? I think so. Everything was in place for that moment, so we had a good protection, actually. We had Fab and Trent around Eze. 
had two we won in the last line as well so unfortunately as can free him there and and then the space is pretty big eh? so for with the speed of Saha and a good finish um, in that moment they showed actually how, how good they are and how, how difficult it is to play against them because these moments always can happen it didn't happen um, too often um, half time positive told the boys um, uh, we should go back to the way we, we started the game. It would be ideal. We need to, we need offers. We need the speed. We need um, the direction. That was the, that. These were the moments where, where where Palace struggled, where it caused them problems. We need to pick up as well second balls um, in these moments and go from there. So I thought the start was positive again, and then the red card came um, or happened. But obviously, best possible reaction from Lucho and Worldy, um, wonderful goal, um, and from that moment on, it was a special game. That was um, us at home with an incredible atmosphere. Unfortunately, without a goal, which is not easy. But I think the way we played, and you all watched a lot of football games with 10-11, like verse 11. So it's not common that you put a team as much under pressure as we did, but we did, and that was good. So now uh, we have a point more than before the game. I can imagine what that, to what kind of articles and headlines and commentaries that leads, but um, that's life, eh? so we will go from here. Paul? Yeah, I No, not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. No, I will not speak with him for three games. Of course, I will speak to him. But no, just no chance. I, I came in and I wanted to see the situation. In the game, I couldn't see anything, so we didn't know what happened. So, so Anderson on the floor and Darwin walking away. So that, well, that was my picture. So I asked then our guys already, and I saw only. Oh, okay, red card. Then I saw it. Yes, it is a red card. Um, wrong reaction in a situation. Um, Anderson wanted that, I would say, and he got it. We made, but he made a mistake. Um, so of course we will talk about it, but not yet. Yeah, will not. Uh, it will be not two in a, two weeks. More, I think we will see. That that's oh, but, but the week was crazy. I had uh, experienced a lot of weeks, but that was like we have a, we had a witch in the building. Honestly, like every day, some, somebody else pulled out for the craziest reasons, and um, so and in the end, so Joey didn't start. Oh, and they did really well, I have to say. Uh, but the Joey didn't start because he come only trained only yesterday again. Week start a week, little issue. Bobby. Couldn't make it. Hendo, this morning we got the information. There's a little concern about something if he plays too long, so he didn't play that long. Hmm. Yeah, that's the situation. It was not was not too cool. But then with the game, what we made of it, and that, I, I really like that. I really like the game. So that's how it is. We we want to fight, and um, I saw that a lot. And we played really good stuff. So a lot of good performances. Performances, I like this really, but um, so that's it now. We we drew, yeah.
let's carry on. Alton? Yeah, yeah. calm them down with these long answers. Thank, Thank you. you very much. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 1-1 draw at home to Crystal Palace. Uh, I think, you know, the idea of Wilfred Zaha scoring for Crystal Palace on the break is not unheard of. In fact, a lot of the predictions I heard ahead of this game had Palace scoring one. It also had us scoring two or three. But where were our goals? That's the big question. And there's been quite a lot of talk uh, in some quarters, and I've certainly been one of the people that's been putting this idea forward, that we don't see enough end product from Luis Diaz. The way to end that speculation and that discussion is to beat five men and <laughs> stuff the ball into the bottom corner as he did today. That's really impressive and very nice to see. And it sparked... Um, a much more satisfying final period of the game than than we saw for much of what preceded it. Although I think Liverpool started the game quite well, but then we struggled after that. There's no question. Quick, quick thought about the the starting eleven. I think I was expecting one of Henderson or Fabinho to maybe not get the start today, and and it was Henderson that uh, took to the subs bench. Perhaps if we'd had a player who could take that number six role. Um, neither of them might have started uh, because neither of them played well in the opening game of the season. Um, and I think Milner did all right uh, coming in for Henderson. I think also it's worth noting that when we have in a 4-3-3 formation, when we have Harvey Elliott in the side on the right, it's a different shape to many of the other 4-3-3 shapes that we would have. Elliot starts off much wider, so plays a different position to a Naby Keita uh, or to uh, a Henderson when they play on the right-hand side of the three in midfield. It's certainly different to Thiago and... Um, uh, and the way Wijnaldum used to play on, on the other side of the field there. So I'm not sure what I conclude from that, but it is a different shape. We're not as solid in the midfield defensively. Uh, but, you know, it, it means we get offered a, a good option wide. And I think Harvey Elliott had a, a good game today. No, no question about it. I think the the major discussion point has to be Darwin Nunez. I mentioned last time that there was some um, adjustments that have to be made for him from a cultural perspective. And there's a few clues out there that, that indicate that this is the case. Since he first wore a Liverpool shirt, I think he has looked a little bit nervous, a little bit anxious. I think he's a player who who will thrive on confidence. And I think his natural position in this situation where he's moved to one of the best clubs in the world is that he's not tipped up on confidence. 
there may be a small element of sort of imposter syndrome that I'm sure he'll be able to overcome. And I think his belief deep down is that he will be able to overcome this. But in the interim, in the meantime, there's a little bit of panic there. He doesn't have the experience to ride out the early problems. He's in a hurry. And and that's a little bit of a problem for us. I, I had a close look at what he did today and I kept I kept note of his contributions and let me emphasize that there were some good touches uh, there were some nice first time balls played but I have to say few and far between things I made a note of that weren't good were you know he fluffed that shot from five yards out hit it over the bar reminiscent of um an opportunity he had in pre-season with the goal gaping when he, he lifted the ball over the bar. He drilled across from the right-hand side, firmly struck, but to absolutely nobody. There was nobody near the ball that he played into a central position. Um, he he sent a, a shot wide of the mark from an ambitious distance that really didn't call for a shot. He had the ball taken off his boot, just off his toe, really, on the stroke of half-time, where if he'd been more aware, perhaps, of the defender around him, he, he might have approached it differently. He, he scuffed a finish, didn't didn't really get hold of the ball at all. That led to a sort of a, a call for handball at, uh, in in that move that, that wasn't given and shouldn't have been. But he didn't look authoritative in front of goal. And then the next note that I've got, in amongst his contributions in this game is that he got sent off. And, you know, if you watch the replays, there were two occasions where he he put his head into his opponent into his opponent's face. I mean, I do that once and then you think to yourself, okay, I've got away with it. Don't do it again. Because then we're down to ten men and you've compromised the entire day for us. It's a concern. I think if Diogo Jota had been fit, I don't think we'd be seeing as much of Darwin Nunez at this point in the season. I've spoken before about it being perfectly reasonable for him to only find his natural inclusion in this team sometime after Christmas. Something like was the case with Fabinho, albeit a different player in a different position. But I think that's probably the way Jürgen might have expected to have eased him into the club, the league, the starting eleven, and the footballing culture here. It's been rushed because of the injury to Jota and uh, form and perhaps uh, injury concerns for Roberto Firmino. And he's found himself thrust into, into the heat of the English Premier League and it's, it's not working out for him too well. I have no great concerns that in the long term all will be fine but we can't be looking to the long term we have dropped four points from a possible six we all know that that makes life very very difficult when you're trying to win a Premier League that contains a side like Manchester City and this is going to be a difficult few weeks I think will it take a super goal to turn things around for him we'll have to wait because I believe he'll be suspended for the next contest. Um, 
and who knows how Jurgen will line line up our uh, our front three if indeed it is a front three in that next game. I was encouraged by Fabio Carvalho. I mean, look at the difference in approach to the game. Carvalho seems confident, and he's he's a young, slight figure, but he is so confident on the ball. And didn't he come close, by the way? to uh, getting that equaliser for us. We can't dwell on that too much because Saha probably should have uh, put Palace ahead earlier on when he when he hit the post. A lot for us to be concerned about in the short term. Things will come good in the long term, but by then, early to say, isn't it? But my fear is that'll be too late for us to rescue the position we've got ourselves in. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Ended up being a really disappointing result for Liverpool and obviously it compounds a disappointing start of the season, not being able to extract maximum points from Fulham away and Crystal Palace at home. Although two completely different games really in which Liverpool didn't manage to accumulate the points. Obviously in the first game against Fulham, Liverpool were miles off the best and it was one of the poorest performances in in memory really from Liverpool over the last few seasons. It was a real struggle for them across the 90 minutes. But they managed to come away with a point. And obviously today, I felt it was a completely different scenario. I felt Liverpool were very good. I felt in the first half, obviously, they dominated. The game should have comfortably been leading the football match. And then, obviously, in the second half, I thought it was a great demonstration of how to play against 10 men from Liverpool, for the most part, able to still dominate possession. And I don't think that can be taken into account of how difficult that can be. You know, you're playing against the live Premier League side, a mid-ranking Premier League side who've got threats on the counter-attack. Liverpool were able to still dominate the ball, limit Crystal Palace to very little. I know they did have a really big opening from, from Zaha from a ball whipped into the box, but in general play, I'm arguing it's really nothing in terms of what Crystal Palace could, could create or have any sustained possession and that is a fantastic coaching performance and obviously we know that Liverpool will be drilled in them circumstances of how they're going to play and how they're going to go about the game if they did manage to go down to 10 men. However, Liverpool are not normally in this situation. We know Liverpool have always got the best disciplinary record within the Premier League and so many times Liverpool are able to gain results because they're able to keep maximum players on a football field and I don't think you can underestimate what a valuable quality that is in a group of players because Going down that man renders you at a significant disadvantage within a game. And Darwin Nunes, obviously, it's inexplicable what he's done, really. I mean, it's unprofessional and it's it's left his team in a massive hole within the game, really. And he's very fortunate Liverpool have been able to come out with anything from the game, albeit in the context of the title race. It could be really detrimental even at this early stage if Liverpool are to get themselves back into contention. It's still a, a gulf in which they have to try and claw back them points from Manchester City. And it, yeah, it was an unusual sight to see and obviously a new player coming into the club and they'll have to learn from that situation. In general, in the game, like I say, I felt Liverpool played very well for the most part, created enough chances to have won the game and had real territorial and ball dominance throughout. However... Crystal Palace were able to exploit the glaring weakness in Liverpool's side really before the kick-off and that was obviously Nat Phillips coming in at centre-half. Don't get me wrong, this is no slight on on Phillips who did a fantastic job with his skill set and and work to his maximum capacity to get Liverpool over the line into the Champions League. 
but he is a vulnerable player within Liverpool's system. There's no doubt he can be, you know, a competent Premier League centre back in the right system in which, you know, he has to defend his penalty area. The problem playing for Liverpool is you have to defend from the halfway line, and unfortunately, once he gets into a foot race and his body shape isn't the greatest then there's going to be problems and obviously Crystal Palace targeted that and were able to to gain an advantage obviously with Zaha's goal and also in possession as well because they were allowed or the game plan to leave Phillips on the ball when Liverpool had possession as the free man if you like obviously limited Liverpool in what they could do in order to, to create chances and build up the game I think when you think about Liverpool's players, they have so many players in possession who can hurt you in different ways or can bring some attacking elements to the game. And obviously Phillips, with again, with just a limited ball-playing capacity for Liverpool. And yeah, it was a struggle. And it was it was actually quite painful at some point in the second half where there was incidents where he was actually clinging, clinging on in terms of Crystal Palace almost getting in because of his limited sort of physical capabilities to defend wide open spaces and... And yeah, uh, that's what made it quite strange, actually, when I seen, obviously, Joe Gomez coming on for the second half, because there's no doubt that Joe Gomez has obviously got an, an injury problem. I'm sure Klopp's protecting him for games he can see in the future, and he's not 100%, but he was obviously thrust into action in the second half, and immediately that counter-attack and threat from Crystal Palace was snuffed out, such as Gomez's ability to defend in isolation and obviously gave Liverpool a much more secure platform I don't believe that if Phillips was on for that second half, Liverpool would have potentially got the results out of the game and had the dominance that they were able to exert because of the the, the assurance, obviously, that Van Dijk's and, and Gomez's physical capacity did them gave them to defend Crystal Palace high. So, with Gomez obviously playing in the second half and looking comfortable, it was quite strange that he would have took the risk of playing Phillips, although maybe he felt that Liverpool would have enough control within the game which would enable them to win with without Gomez and protecting him but obviously he's got a problem behind the scenes but yeah it was difficult and it you know any weakness you have in the Premier League can be exploited especially the way Liverpool play in such a key position for Phillips and again that's no slight on him the reality is he's Liverpool's fifth choice centre-back he's a homegrown player and you know he's, he's far down the pecking order you wouldn't expect him to be playing in games so so, yeah, I mean, obviously there'll be a lot of negativity towards Liverpool, obviously, with the start of the season. But I, f- I did feel this game was slightly different in the way they, they they did, in general, play very well. And I don't think I can really not comment on the game without talking about Luis Diaz's goal. What a fantastic goal. I mean, I've said that he's got the ceiling to potentially be the best player in the Premier League. And I, I stand by that. I mean, his, his productivity in front of goal has been not as... Assured as I'm sure his ceiling he's capable of reaching. However, his overall game is fantastic. I actually didn't think he was at his best today, and again in terms of his final end product, but the way he was able to jink in from that left hand side and fake the shot and then wrap his foot around the ball to fire the ball into the far corner was outstanding, really. And and he is a super player. I actually felt when they went down to ten men, he, he was almost like two players on the football field. His energy, his enthusiasm, his work rate. And I have no doubt without Nunes being sent off, I felt Liverpool would have won that game. That's what made it more more frustrating, really. Finally, obviously, just wanted to touch, because I mentioned about some of the negativity that might come from Liverpool. I just wanted to touch on the midfield situation, because no doubt that'll be the talking points. Liverpool, obviously, haven't got a good enough midfield or sort of be the, the arguments. But 
I, <laughs> listen, I, I don't agree with the idea that Liverpool should be going out and buying a, a central midfield player unless the player is good enough and is going to come into Liverpool's starting eleven and instantly be the difference in where Liverpool finish in the Premier League table. Now, obviously, and I find this so crazy that people would not sort of have this sort of uh, mindset, if, if that player was out there and available and Liverpool could secure that player, the manager would would be pushing that player. There's, there's no question about that. But the fact is, the club don't believe that player's out there. And what I mean by that is, if you look at Liverpool's midfield... In the defensive sort of zone in that midfield, the, the holding midfield position, obviously you have Fabinho, you've got Henderson as the backup, a position that I believe Henderson should play all, every week all the time now in terms of being a rotation option for Fabinho. He's obviously been a, uh, an important player in that right inside right channel, but I feel at this stage in his career with Liverpool dominating the ball and having the majority of the game in the opposition's half where there's limited time and space, I don't believe Henderson offers you enough on the attacking side of the game and Liverpool could certainly upgrade there so Henderson you will not find a better fallback option for the defensive midfield player than Fabinho than Henderson in the Premier League and I think that's the the role that he should be take up going forward now if you look at the the left hand side in the central midfield area obviously you've got Thiago as your first choice Naby Keita as your third and then you've got an array of players who can also play that role in James Milner Curtis Jones Etc. You could even push that Fabio Carvalho could play in this. Numerous players who could operate in that channel. And the right centre midfield zone is probably the one that people all all look at and think, you know, can they get an upgrade for the first 11? Because obviously Henderson, as I said, offers you more limited sort of attacking impetus from that side. And we know that the other players they've got in this, so they've got Harvey Elliott, who's a massive a massive fan of, you know, Jürgen Klopp's a massive fan of the player, and obviously Oxlade-Chamberlain, who's injured at this moment in time. But again, some of them left-hand side players can also play in that channel. So I think what people shouldn't underestimate is how much Klopp rates these players, i.e. Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, possibly Fabio Carvalho, if you're playing a midfield position. And unless the, the right player, the player that he believes is going to improve the side the most and be the difference maker for Liverpool, and most importantly, be better than them players that I've just identified. Liverpool don't invest the time into these players to just... Fabio Carvalho wouldn't have come in in the summer and been told you're not going to play. You know, Harvey Elliott wouldn't have been told that you know, you're going to do all these years if we don't see a place for you. Same with Curtis Jones. These are players massively highly rated by the club, and you've got to think to yourself, you know, at such a young age to be playing for Liverpool and having the faith of the manager and the manager believing that they're going to be the top players and mainstays in that midfield. You know, what, what were Liverpool's other great players doing at 21, 20 years of age in their development, if you like? So I haven't got much time to talk about it, but it's just a, I will talk about it later on in, in the coming months. But I just find that if anyone would believe that Liverpool would not try and source a decisive midfield player if they were available on the market and, and they believed they were better than them options that are coming through, I find that hard to believe and I'd I'd very much like to see more of the likes of Elliot Jones within the midfield section this season. But yeah, talk about more another day. But disappointing for Liverpool in terms of points, but it wasn't the worst performance I didn't think today. You've been listening to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel.